0: Inside 20 is brought to you by Traditional Bow Hunters of Georgia. Head on over to tradbowga.com for more info. Inside 20 is a separate entity from our sponsors. The information shared during each podcast are the beliefs of Inside 20 Associates and the guests participating.
1: Join your fellow TBG members at Okmulgee WMA for the 2022 Fall Central Zone Hunt. September 21st through the 25th, TBG will provide the Friday evening meal. Each TBG member in attendance will receive a TBG koozie. TBG Central Zone Rep, Buck Ernest, will provide boat access to otherwise difficult to reach spots on the Okmulgee and Oakey Woods WMA. You'll want to enter the WMA by using Red Dog Farm Road off a U.S. highway, 23 it's going to be a really good time with a lot of good folks we would like to welcome al
0: chapman to the podcast al has had a distinguished bow hunting career from building bows and arrows to harvesting big game with them al has spent countless days in the woods and learned many valuable lessons we are very happy to have him share with us here on the inside 20 podcast
1: thank you mr al for coming on we uh we certainly appreciate it um it is, uh, it's, it's good to talk to you. You know, we don't get to talk as much as, as we'd like to, I'm sure, but uh, um, it, it's always nice when our paths cross. So thank you again. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, you getting you getting ramped up for deer season? It's right around the corner.
2: Absolutely. I'm all fired up about it. I've got, uh, got all my tools
1: uh, in order and uh,
2: just hoping for the best, you know. Got to have a lot of good luck to go with it.
1: Yeah, that's the name of this game is um is preparation and then the, a little bit of luck mixed in there, isn't it?
2: <laughs> for me it's a lot of luck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, for me too, I can tell you that for sure. I uh I've learned that if I don't um if I don't practice consistently and get out in the yard and shoot and shoot and shoot, um I'm not a great shot. I have to I have to get out there and shoot. Um I know some guys, Matt's one of them. He's a he seems like a natural and that's not me, unfortunately. I wish I was.
2: Well, you know, God made us all different and, uh, uh, you know, so we all have different approaches to, uh, how we want to accomplish something, whether it's archery or, or whatever, but, uh, I understand completely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, are you going to be hunting with, uh, your self bow this year? Is that kind of exclusively what you'll be taking into the woods?
2: i'm I'm pretty sure it will be short of it breaking but i've got i've got backups too for that but uh yeah that's uh that's kind of my my passion right now is uh, the self bow and and uh the, the primitive kind of tools that's, i really enjoyed that so much and so um uh that's what i'm geared up for
1: that's great um is this the same self bow you uh you took your your five big game animals with
2: well uh uh some of them uh the alligator and the bear i took with it i i made this particular bow it's a um, uh, fire hardened hickory bow and i put sinew deer sinew backing on it but i made it specifically for the gator hunt uh, for uh mr jerry russell's instructions <laughs> uh he wanted uh, me to be shooting a 60 pound bow so I made this hickory bow, and uh, it came in at sixty point three pounds and uh, uh, and it worked worked fantastic so I just kept shooting it that year and uh, 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 you see I got the alligator I think it was in August late August and then uh, uh, then that fall uh, Jerry again he uh, he put me on some bears up there in north Georgia and uh, I was able to. Uh, be fortunate enough to take a bear with with it as well that rounded off that um uh, the, the five big game animals that i wanted to to uh, get with the bow with a self-bow
1: with the self-bow yeah there's um yeah there's that's amazing definitely can't leave the the self-bow out of there um what year did you start with um with your quest to take the five big i mean did it did it start with the quest or did it just kind of turn into um you know, trying to achieve that goal of the five big game.
2: It, it evolved uh, after um, I uh, after I'd taken uh, a couple of deer and a couple of turkeys uh, with it. Um, I had mentioned it to uh, Jerry Russell, and uh, he was all about it. and He, he was excited for me. and uh, Jerry has no interest in in, in uh, you know he's big traditional archer he shoots on um, black widow bows most, mostly and a Mike Kenley boat that uh, they call it the Georgia Slam. I didn't even know it existed until uh, I had completed it with a longbow that I had, and a uh, longbow and recurves that I had. But uh, anyway, so uh, after doing that, I thought, heck, why not? Let's I'm almost I'm something just, you know, everybody needs a goal, you know, I think. And uh, so that's what I started to do. And uh, I learned a lot in the process. And uh, of course, no man is an island, as they say. And, uh, I had I had a lot of help along the way, uh, but uh, was really blessed to uh, to get it done. I uh, got it done in, in a lot sooner than I thought that I would too. Uh, so, but again, that, uh, thanks to a lot of help.
1: Yeah, it's um, when you say you got it done a lot sooner than you thought that uh, you know that that took you some years to do, um, and uh, that is that's quite impressive that uh, you could. You could take a piece of wood and end up killing, you know, the five big game animals. And those are some, those are some, some big animals. I mean, that alligator, that's that's quite impressive. Um, how did you, um, how did you get started with the self bows? Um, was there someone that turned you on to it, or was it, you know, just something you, you saw in a magazine, or how how did that come about?
2: I've always been fascinated uh, by a primitive uh, man and his tools and. Uh, growing up in Texas, uh, with uh, finding arrowheads and things like that, and I'm just fascinated how they made them and and how they how they did things. And uh, so, um, uh, I do uh, thank you know thanks to the internet, uh, you know uh, like George Outdoor News Forum, formerly used to be uh, Woody's Forum back in the day, and uh, there was guys on there that were doing their uh, artwork with knaps, stone points and. Wow I was really impressed and uh, uh so uh got interested in that and uh started you know had folks helping me uh different ones uh like i got i'm almost afraid to name names because I'm almost leave somebody out uh but uh anyway, I had a whole lot of help and um and just in doing that alone and then uh started making river cane uh, arrows and learning how to do that from folks and uh Uh, I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos and things. And uh, and initially I was making the arrows uh, uh, and more for decorative reasons. I really had no plans on shooting them. And then uh, I had made a self bow with the help of uh, Dan Spears. Uh, The first one I had made, it was an Osage bow that I still have and hunt with. Um, It, uh, uh, so I, I started, I thought well why not hunt with them and uh, so I, I started making them uh, you know arrows that I felt would hold up and uh, and was successful with them so uh, that really kind of how it all got started uh, uh, just I just love learning uh, you know
1: yeah absolutely so I um me and Matt actually went down to South Georgia and this may be the same man that that got you with your first self bow um hatchet bow dan he was um is that dan spears is that the same fella oh no
2: uh-uh. no no
1: okay okay well same name but uh me and matt we made one uh we each made one and i tell you what that is a labor of love making a self bow um a lot of work um i gave it i gave it the my self bow the nickname the blister because i came home and i did i had four or five blisters on my hand from from working that thing but uh it's um i'm excited to to give it a try soon um i know it's going to be an adventure you know we um we got us some river cane and uh we're gonna we're gonna try making our own arrows and and doing the whole thing and i think that's gonna be a that's gonna be a, a fun venture for sure a quest it
2: really is uh you know it, it will put it this way it is it was for me and, and it's not necessarily for everybody and i get that you know uh, you know traditional archery uh, for that matter is not for everybody uh, but uh, I, for those that it's not for they don't know I, in my opinion they just don't know what they're missing but uh, anyway uh, it's uh, uh, you know there's not not too many people get into the making of their own bows and all but it, it's it's uh, yeah I mean you there's so much about archery traditional archery especially that you can enjoy whether you whether you make your own bows or arrows or whatever, there's just so much that you can do. You know, uh, you know, there's there's gratification that comes at all levels. Uh, let's just say you you got you you got a new bow and um, and uh, and maybe you just buy a dozen carbon shafts and uh, you will learn how to fletch them or how to make a string or any of those uh, things. You know, make making your own tabs or uh, making your own quiver. Or, but things like that, you'll you'll start you know you start doing that, and you get great gratification from just doing those small things. They're not really small things; they're big things, but they're uh, relative to the whole scheme of things, and they might seem kind of small. But you uh, know, it's just that's the rewarding part of this whole journey with a traditional bow. It's just uh, depending on what you want to do with it, and uh, hopefully we'll get that subject in a minute. But uh, Anyway, I, I you know I admire you for for uh, you know wanting to try and uh, you know you, you guys are young and I'm I'm so excited to see the guys like yourself, and Matt, and Mike, and, um, getting into traditional archery and there's many many others uh, and and going for it. You know, I mean, just going for it. Um, you know, you, fortunately for you guys, you've got access to YouTube videos and things like that. Uh, you know, when of course here I'm 74 years old, so let's back up back up about half of a century, uh, uh, and uh, back then we I didn't I didn't have anybody to learn from, didn't have uh, didn't have YouTube, you know, you just you just learned on your own, you know, and uh, I developed some pretty unorthodox way of shooting a bow. Um, because of it you know but we didn't have coaches and stuff available for me at that time hats off that's is what i'm trying to say without getting too well thank wordy. you
1: yeah we certainly appreciate it and i can tell you about you know kind of diving in head first um uh it is i mean you just you you, you fall in love i guess some people do i know i have you know i used to fish every weekend during the week after work i, I was i was on the lake fishing and uh since i picked up shooting traditional archery. I haven't been fishing, uh, <laughs> in quite a while, you know, it's, uh, uh, my wife told me, she said, you need to, you need to, you know, slow down on some of your hobbies. And I said, well, how about I just pick my favorite and, you know, <laughs> I'll stick with that one. And I, I have, and it's oh. been traditional archery. So isn't that cool? It it's, is.
2: That's all.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun and the people you meet, man. Um, it's I haven't met a I haven't met a bad guy uh, at any of our shoots or uh, any of the traditional bow hunters of Georgia shoots or or anywhere for that matter uh, everyone has been warm and welcoming and wanting to wanting to shoot a matter of fact the first time me and you met Mr. Al it sticks out to me and I was telling someone about it the other day uh, you didn't know me from nobody else but we got to talk and you said Tim come over here and sit down and tell me about yourself and I you know it was a uh, it was just very warm and welcoming and uh it, it was uh, it was nice and it seems to be a trend throughout the uh traditional archery i mean of course you know you got you got your bad apples every now and again but i haven't seen one yet so it's it's nice
2: and you and you probably won't you know there's uh yep. it's a, a traditional bowhunter is a georgia organization it's like a family to me um uh they've uh, truly they've changed my life this and uh, that that was the first uh, I didn't even know that they had. Let me just give you a little bit of history, okay? I, back in the '70s, I'm shooting a bow, shooting a recurve bow, Ben Pearson bow, and um, I a couple little five-point buck with it. <clears throat> and uh, but I was uh, even all the way up through the '80s and early '90s. I I was the odd man out. I was the only guy that you know back during th- that archery season back then. Um, that's about what you. That's about all you had. And then of course in the 70s, late 70s came around, they had, uh, you know, compounds started making their scene and more and more people started getting into the woods for archery season uh, with the advent of the compound though. But um, when I discovered through uh, Chris Ward, uh, through that woody site, he had mentioned to me about this traditional bow hunters of Georgia. He said it's a club organization Shoot traditional bows and stuff like this. I couldn't believe it. You know, I didn't even know it existed. And he told me all about it. and I I checked into it, and they had a shoot uh, down near Warrenton, Georgia, and um, coming up that year. And I I went to that shoot as a state shoot, first three D shoot I'd ever been to in my life. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, but I was having I was having fun, and um, <clears throat> and it, I was just amazed that there were so many people, so many oddballs like me, you know, because I was always the oddball at the hunting club, you know, shooting the bow and stuff, and the other guys, you know, they were all gun hunters, The ones that came down during archery season, they were down there just to build stands or do something like that, and there there was a couple of times, there was a couple of guys, I recall, that that, uh, hunted with a traditional bow uh but um oh in different clubs over the over the years but uh, not many
1: so why so you just never you never had a uh incline to switch to um a compound it just never really crossed your mind you saw all these guys shooting one you know it shoots faster you can probably um make a shot at a longer distance but you just you just stuck with the traditional bow huh
2: well, I did until uh, I didn't really have a desire to go come. I mean, I was intrigued by them, I, I won't deny that, uh, but I suffered a, a real severe dislocated shoulder uh, and uh, and it just, it knocked me out. I couldn't pull any of my bows back, I couldn't do anything with them, you know, for for a very long period of time. And um, and about that time, oh, oh, my house got burglarized up in Cherokee County. Got burglarized. They came in, they stole a uh, Browning X4 1 recurve bow that I just bought, brand new. Uh, my Ben Pearson bow that I'd had since I was a teenager, they stole it and some guns. And, yeah. uh, but anyway, wiped me out. So here I was with a shoulder injury and just said, well, i going to have to start all over with a bow and everything. And the compounds were making the scene. So, uh, and there was a couple of my buddies had already bought some. So I, I went and I love the Browning product so I I bought a um a Browning <laughs> uh a Browning compound bow. Now this was just it had a wooden riser and the limbs and two wheels and the cables, you know. I mean that that was it, you know. And uh so uh, I got that bow and uh and I killed several deer with that bow. I know and but finally the the riser cracked. It went away and then um and it happened right before gear season. You know, when you're out there really practicing a lot, whole nine yards, and that's when it's going to happen. Um, and then I bought a Martin uh, bow, a compound bow, and I just, um, it, and I like Martin products, but uh, especially the Martin Savannah longbow. That's one of the best longbows out there, as far as yeah, those production goes. Nice. Those but, are uh, nice. Anyway, I didn't, uh, I just didn't like it. Just didn't like it, and I just wanted to get back. To so what I grew up with. So I in uh nineteen, let's see, eighty eighty-six, I'm almost positive it's 1986, I ordered a black widow bow, black widow recurve bow. I paid three hundred and twenty-five dollars for it back then. Um I sold it to a young man and it was sixty seven pounds at twenty eight inches. I uh had a lot of fun with that bow and then but finally it got a little bit too much for me at 67 pounds and um young man in wyoming wanted it wanted it and i sold it to him so um uh, for more than i paid for it i, I was tickles
1: yeah that's pretty good that is yeah that is um that is good um do you still
0: shoot uh higher poundage like that mr Al?
2: um yeah, well, I'm still shooting. I still have in there a takedown bow that's uh, 53 pounds. Uh, I have dropped way down in poundage, but you know, um, well, after Jerry had uh, insisted I make a 60 pound bow, I said, "Well, okay," and I did. Well, I've been I'm going to hunt with that bow this year, and I've been out there shooting it. Um, I only have to shoot about a dozen arrows to it, and I'm and I'm soaking wet and sweat. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can imagine. So, uh,
2: it's not it's not something that I would take on a 3D course uh, by any means. I mean, I, I'd be exhausted before I, I finished the 20 target course with it. Uh, but as far as uh, just going out there shooting a couple of arrows, uh, I you know I can draw it back. I, you know, I I can shoot it well. Um, uh, of course, always room for improvement, right? Uh, but. uh. Yeah, I'm going to hunt with it, but it's not again. It's not something I would take to a 3D course. So, you know, if I was going to go 3D course, I I've got more self bows in there. Than down in the, you know, mid the mid 40s, it would be a lot more fun to shoot.
1: Sure. Right. That makes yeah. Sense. Absolutely. So, so Mr. Al, I got to ask you. I I read your article in uh, the Primitive Archery magazine, and it it was it was a great article, and I was really intrigued um about the points you made for the alligator hunting um can you can you explain that a little bit i mean you made it out of a what was it a, was it a cow femur or and then antler as well and then an antler is that right
2: well i started out with the cow femur bone um i i, I just went and bought a cow femur bone at the uh meat market and uh uh and it, Probably, which was probably a mistake because it should have probably been really good and dry, you know, should have been seasoned in other words. But anyway, and I made some uh, prototypes alligator uh, Gatorhead, three three or four different ones. Um, and uh, the first one, I, I I I go with Jerry. He guides for alligators every year uh, and I, I go with him every year. I love, I love going and uh, I do a video, or whatever he needs me to do, you know and uh, it's just to be there and watch other people get their gators but uh, anyway so <clears throat> one of the fellows had killed a gator and i said may i shoot it you know <laughs> I, I wanted to shoot it the, the dead gator with, with my my stone points that all uh, my bone points at that time and um i shot it and it buried up in the, in the neck where i wanted it to go and um and it, it held on i mean i could pick it up and just raise the gator head up with it and i said listen this is going to work uh <laughs> but but I I just I the other kind of what I wanted was a a head that would just kind of go in and and once it was in would would pivot so it wouldn't come out the same hole that it went in and uh so I made some more uh bone uh cow bone um points just like look like a long bullet kind of a thing real sharp pointed bullet and um and I had it Drill out in the in the middle uh, through the center, so it would fit over a a, a foreshaft on a on a, on a river cane arrow, and so the foreshaft um, it, it has to separate. The the point has to separate when you hunt alligators. It has to separate from the shaft so that it, it it can turn inside and underneath the skin of the gator, so you can hold on to it. Well, um, I had made these points, but now I got to looking at them, and they were starting to get some caroline fractures in them and i guess that's because it was a a wet bone you know initially it just hadn't had time to dry i don't know but anyway so i i didn't feel real secure about that now so i never did really test those so i i uh, went with a deer antler tying and i uh, did the same thing with the deer antler tying uh a couple of them and um, um i didn't get to shoot them in a dead gator but um i, I was confident in them and uh and so i shot that's what i got my gator and it it did its job it held on to the gator so i was uh real pleased with that you know
1: that's awesome yeah that is um it sounds like uh it sounds like mr jerry russell was a a big part of um of your hunting over these last couple of years
2: um <laughs> he is he's a good friend and if you want an adventure it's it, it, it's always an adventure when you go somewhere with Jerry, you know, you never know what you're going to get into. It's, uh, I'm in the down there where we host the um, the uh, state shoot for TVG. Uh, Deer Creek hunting club. I'm in that club down there with him. And, uh, and, and although I don't drive to Atlanta to get there, you know, I, I just I, I refuse to drive to Atlanta anymore. Jerry will come by and pick me up and, and we'll go down there and we we'll hunt and uh, and it, it's worth it just to, just to, <laughs> it's worth it to hang with the guy you know i mean he's uh, <laughs> yeah it.
1: so um back to the back to the uh antler point was that something that you read in the primitive archery magazine or how did you even even come up with that is that is that an original design by you
2: well it was for me i i mean i had not I mean, I knew that Indian, uh, that the primitive man had used bone and stone and antler and stuff. i I knew they had. I just you know I just I knew what I, I knew what I would have to make. I knew the design what it would have to, to to function properly would have to be. so that it wasn't like some great idea. It was just uh, just adapting to the circumstances, so to speak. That's how it came to be. It wasn't some again. <laughs> wasn't no, It wasn't brilliant on my part. I promise. It was just uh, uh, I I what I the thing that I did was I just I beveled the back of the of the the point so that, uh, and I had a hole drill through it, which the line ran through. Okay, and uh, so that once the point was in the the gator. When the gator pulled and put tension on the line, that bevel would force that force the point to turn sideways. Interesting. So that it follow me?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: So- sounds like you're taking a very scientific approach to this. Like you're 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 uh, you're experimenting and and you know before the hunt, you're you're trying to uh, points on dead gators and and uh, kind of I guess putting together. Oh,
2: yeah that's that's the journey of, of this that that comes with um that comes with the gratification of uh of uh self-imposed limitations if you will which is what it is for me i'm you know just because i'm i'm, I'm hunting with primitive tools. of am I'm, I'm not trying to be somebody special or anything it's just something that i want to do and and, and it's, it's for me it's not for anybody else and uh i'm, I'm personally you know what i mean and, and uh um uh, it's that the whole journey of learning how to map a stone point to to harvesting the river cane to curing it to to um getting to a level of efficiency where you're not breaking every other one that you're trying to straighten you know um and the and the hours and that you that's required that you to put into it to learn to do it efficiently and um um all of that, all of the, the the points and uh, all of that cul- the culmination of all of the that you accomplish in in, in the process. Uh, that's the, the the part of the iceberg that you don't see. the The part that you see is the if it's hunting, it's the kill, you know. But that, that, the 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 journey is the, that huge, massive iceberg below the surface, and that's getting. Learning how to accomplish all of these things, and and having it all come together, um, is just in such an uh, for me, such rewarding thing. I, I, it's just hard to turn away from it anymore. You know, you know, you hear of guys that shoot traditional does and after they've shot them, they hunted it with them for a while, or after killing their first doe or deer with it, you know, they think "I'll never go back to a compound. I've sold it." You know what I mean? Um, you get to a point where I, I guess human nature for most of us, and you just get to a point. Uh, you, you, most people that come to traditional archery, they're, they're coming for the challenge. You know, uh, if, if, if they've been shooting a compound for years, they've killed all kinds of deer, whatever. With it, um, they're, they're looking for something more exciting. And
1: right. uh, Yeah, absolutely. And they
2: find, and they find it you know and they they sure do a lot of them don't ever want to go back
1: yeah i um i've said this um for a while now and i believe it to be true it definitely takes um uh it takes a special kind of uh, willpower to stick with it um and you know there's there's definitely a lot of failures and um i've experienced those we all have i'm not alone in that but i know it's going to make those victories that much sweeter so it's it's definitely definitely one of those things that you just kind of have to look to the future you know look it's just it's about it's about the it's about the hunt that's that's what it really boils down to for me it's sharing my sharing
2: my passions I, I just I just I love sharing um, what traditional archery is to me It's, it's, it's been my wife um, honey and with it um, I was one of six kids and uh, I'm the only one uh, that really did any serious hunting. There were three boys and three girls, and I was next to the youngest. Uh, um, but I'm, you know, when when I was in high school, it, um, uh, you know, guys were playing sports and things like that, and that was wonderful. But uh, I, all I all I cared about was being in the woods, you know. I just, you know, I, fortunately I lived on the very outskirts of Dallas, and we had a five-mile creek there. And we had a lot of woods and creeks fish in and stuff like that, and within, you know, half a mile of the house. And I just walked down there. I'd go camping out down there by myself at night, and hunting small game. We didn't have big game back then. Uh, there, uh, you know, raccoons, possums, rabbits, squirrels, you know, that kind of stuff, and just, just had a wonderful time do, doing that and uh, that, that's where I wanted to spend my time It wasn't I, I wasn't involved in too many sports and and uh, so it's been part of my life I, I love sharing it and, uh, and what i I get the most out of uh, of it uh, for me is just seeing the joy of someone hit a can at, say 15 or 20 yards. With a bow, and they they, they 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 hadn't they hadn't been shooting it twenty minutes, you know, and and to see them pop a can, and and the look on their face, you know, the first thing they do is turn and look at me, and they got this big, <laughs> their eyes wide open. How'd that happen, you know? And 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 I said I said this for so long, that most compound shooters uh, that are into archery anyway. They don't. They don't realize what their God-given abilities are, to pick up a simple stick in the string, if you will, and look at it at something and hit it, because they've relied so much on technology. Um, God gave us this magnificent organ called the brain, and <laughs> it's an it's just amazing what what we can do with it, but we don't most a lot of people don't realize what what they're capable of doing because they've relied on an easier way
1: yeah absolutely it's um it it's tough i mean it, it is tough but um once you do hit that can it it definitely makes it worth it i know i know when i started when i when i would at least hit the target i know i could feel myself light up inside it it's it's a good feeling so that's for sure yeah.
2: Sure it is. And it, it and that feeling never goes away. I don't care how long how long you shoot in a boat. I mean it just it feels so good to watch that arrow fly and go exactly where you were looking. I mean, mm-hmm. down to the, about to an aspirin sized hole and, and and just to see it go exactly there. It's just it's just a wonderful thing to experience. Uh, it is for me. You know, it,
1: is, yeah, been, it absolutely
0: is. Who your mentor mr. Al
2: that's a real good question I um, I don't really recall having a mentor um, again I just was kids you know we, we didn't the toys we had back then were all stuff you made and stuff you didn't go out and you know there was no computers and stuff like that so and um, some of us didn't even have TVs. so well we were outside and we were making things and uh, play with and whatever and So bows and arrows were uh, I, I've been shooting a bow in the air since I was five years old so um um just we just like to say we made our own bows when I was a kid out of a uh, thick of uh, limbs uh Osage limbs and whatever other kind of limb we could get and, uh just we're very crude bows but boy did we have fun shooting uh as far as a mentor goes um there was no no one that there was a a gentleman who was a neighbor, his name was Hugh Pearson, and I didn't know him personally. Uh, um, I just knew of him. Uh, uh, and But he wrote uh, for some of these outdoor magazines and articles and all. And I recall reading an article that he wrote where he was deer hunting with his bow and arrow. And he shoots this deer. I don't remember if it was a doe or a buck or what it was. I, I don't remember anything about this article except this one little paragraph where he shoots this deer, and the arrow hits the deer. The deer is is looking at him when he shoots him. I don't know how far away he was or anything else. And the deer doesn't run; it just stands there. And the deer takes his hind foot and reaches up and like scratches where the deer went. Through the arrow went slapped through the deer, and and scratches like, like a fly bit it or something, you know. And then he just sat there and watched it and it fell open. Huh. It never ran off or anything. That that one story, that one little part of that article is all I remember about that article. But I've never forgotten it. And uh and I thought, wow, that is just was just was just too cool. That, you know, what a humane way of, you know, of honey, And um so uh that was that's probably the biggest inspiration I believe that I I can recall.
1: So so Mr. Al, your your parents gave you correct me if I'm wrong, but your parents gave you a sixty pound Ben Pearson for Christmas when you were fourteen. Is that right?
2: Uh, no, it was a it, it, yeah. When I was fourteen, I got they gave me a solid fiberglass Ben Pearson fifty pound bow. Now you got to remember, then of course they didn't know anything about archery and all, uh, but a fifty-pound bow back in the fifties and sixties, early sixties, that was that was considered you know a ladies' bow, just about it. You know, I mean, you know, kids' bow. These guys, uh, they they were shooting seventy, eighty, ninety-pound bows. You know, the the big names were, and um, that you you know would read about. Uh, so. Uh, and so I took that 50-pound bow, and I didn't think anything. I just thought, well, that's what I'm shooting, you know. And, and I shot it, and I never had a problem with it. I never felt like I had a problem at all. And uh, and again, I, I still have that bow to this day. I still got it in there. And it, it's got some, uh, you know, I told you I would, used to go camp out down there on the Five Mile Creek. I camped out one night. <laughs> it was cold, and I built a fire beside this. <clears throat> Huge, huge log, a fallen tree, rather, and uh, uh, had, had left my bow strung up um, and just leaning up against the, the log, but it was about 12 feet away from me, and, and I built a fire between me and and the log uh, to where, I, you know, it reflect, helped reflect some heat off the fire on me while I slept, and the next morning, I woke up, and I smelled uh, this plastic burning you know, and I, I guess, smelled it, and then it was certainly unnatural down there in the woods. And and I, I I got up and I looked, and I saw this little stream of smoke coming up from my bow limb, and uh, nowhere near the fire. Okay, like I say, it was ten or twelve feet away. I run down there and grabbed my bow. When I did, I picked up my bow, and it was like angel hair coming off of the bow. Uh, a that fire had got inside and underneath the bark of this old log. And followed the termite trail, I guess, and it exactly. Now this is a huge log. This thing must have been, you know, two feet in diameter. Exactly where my bow was touching the uh, curve, curvature of that log is where that <laughs> ember uh, going burning burn through there, underneath that bark, and and burn a hole in my bow. I ended up patching that bow, old fiberglass from my dad. He used it on his old fiberglass boat. And, um, and this still has the scars there to this day, but it
1: still oh. shoots. That's awesome. <laughs> what a treasure that is. Testament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My first, my fist, my first bow, Mr. Al, um, I didn't, I didn't know you shouldn't do this. Cause like I said, I had the bow for two months. I had been shooting it and, um, I put it in the closet and it got a little warm in the closet and I had it stood up in the corner, just stowed away. I thought it'd be safe in there. I went to go get that sun gun out and it was, it was broke right in half. I guess the, I guess the glue came apart. I don't know what kind of bow it was. It was just an old eBay bow. It was a good bow though. I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. Yeah, it it hurts. <laughs> yeah, it does for sure, for sure. So while I got you on the phone, Mister Al, I wanted to ask you about flintknapping because I have tried my hand at it, and it is that is certainly an art. It is uh, it is challenging. It's it's you have to. You have to see what you I feel like you have to see what you you want the the piece of stone to be and think 10 or 20 steps ahead on what you flake off it is it's very challenging and I've made some very crude points um, I'm lucky I have a couple that actually um, hatchet bow Dan gave Matt and we may we may try to use those this year because uh the ones I've made they're they're rough oh they're rough but I made them they're my they're my first ones so well. Um,
2: Everybody's first ones are rough. They're turtlebacks. They're you know, or they're either broken in pieces. Everybody's first ones are that way. So don't you know? Don't don't be discouraged, please. Don't be discouraged. You know, golly, uh, there's some wonderful, wonderful instructors uh, on YouTube uh, that gladly share. Ryan Gill's one. Uh, so many others that um, that show you how to make a stone point you know I mean, he's got beginners tutorials and all um and and as I, i'll tell you i watch them and i watch them all and i'm trying and i'm still trying to learn from them and um it's highly unlikely i will live long enough to get as good as ryan gill is at making a a point because he makes an unbelievable point he
1: but, certainly
2: does um, and there's a bunch of guys out there that just make I mean, they're truly artists with with these with the stone and what they do, what they can do with it. However, um, no matter how many videos you watch, no matter how many times you sit down with someone who's really good and they give you some hands on, that's wonderful. But there's nothing like your own personal experience for learning. If there's a, a there's a feel for it, there's a uh, just knowing what angle to hold the rock which tool to use to, to strike or make a flake or whatever uh, all of that stuff uh, it just has to be learned uh, through trial and error it can't be it can't be taught the mechanics of it can be taught but the feel of it can't be taught that makes sense
1: it does yeah so my my issue starting out was... I would make these um, these arrowheads, or I would I would be napping, and it would be thick, and I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna take some off the side, and it, I would start working it down and working it down. By the time I was done, I had something about the size of a dime that was, you know, <laughs> half an inch thick, and uh, it was it was frustrating. But I started, like you said, I watched some Ryan Gill videos, and he does a very good job of explaining. Uh, he can nap them things out and five minutes and it's just it looks like a masterpiece to me but um yeah it's it it's it's fun we got some glass we were we were down in south georgia and found a a glass bottle while we were out on some land and we brought it back and me and mike we took the bottom out of it and we started fiddling around with it and 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 busting it up and i was like man this is i think this is what we need to learn on because this this uh, this flakes a lot easier it, it you know I can start seeing some some progress here so that glass is what we're gonna we're gonna uh use for a while before we uh before we move on to busting up any more rocks whatever it takes yeah but um we're we need to me and Matt and Mike we need to take a ride up there when we get uh <laughs> when we get ready to to build these uh these uh cane arrows we got uh we harvested yeah. a a batch of them uh, down in south georgia and they've been drying i think they've been drying for almost three months now i don't know what the dry time on a on a batch of cane arrows is but i figure that might be three, good three months is
2: a good time but don't don't let them get too dry
1: okay now do you seal it like do you treat it like a, a wood arrow that you would build like any other wood arrow? do you seal it with something or um what do you it's do there not- arrow-
2: river cane has its own natural finish on it that it's, it's a waterproof finish um unless you you know unless you scrape it all off uh it's just got a beautiful finish on it uh, you know
1: interesting right so when you nap a head and you put it on an arrow and you're getting ready and you want to go out there in the yard and, and shoot it are what do you shoot how do you um how do you shoot one of these um stone point heads without breaking it like do you shoot at a hay bale or, or are you shooting at your reinhardt target or what what are you doing there that was something I've wondered about since I heard about this. about.
2: Yeah, I've got shooting. got some old bob targets that I shoot. They're pretty soft, and I just shoot them into it, and and it doesn't really hardly dull them up at all. Uh, I just I shoot them into it, and uh, and then um, if I've got say i let's just say I've got six six that I've just uh, cuffed it up, put the stone points on, and I want to go see how they're going to shoot out of my bow. And I'll go out there, and uh if uh if uh they shoot good or sorry, let's just say one of them's a flyer, You just it just won't fly right, you know. Well I, I just set it off to the side and the ones that shoot good, I'll put a little mark on it, like a little star or something. And if if one of them is shooting dead on, but it's just say it's shooting maybe two inches high, I'll just make a little note on it, you know. Shoot shoots two inches high at fifteen yards or whatever, you know. But that uh uh they don't get first calling you know, you know out on the stage you <laughs>
1: know uh, <laughs> right i understand yeah if, absolutely. those are my hail mary arrows i call them <laughs> <laughs> there you go so mr Al, i could sit here and, and pick your brain all night um but what i before we wrap it up i, I have one last question for you, you know we um we kind of want to cater to the people that are are trying to get into traditional archery and you know that's 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 what we want to do we want to grow this uh what advice do you have to someone that is is just looking to get into traditional archery? What's the best piece of advice you can give them?
2: Gentlemen, um, I thought a lot about this question because I get a, I've been asked it before. Um, I've got eight things here <laughs> that um, that I have listed, and I'll, I'll go through them. Just for the sake of brevity, I'll just tell you what they are, and then if you want to go back and um, uh, have me elaborate on them or ask have any questions about them or Why I would suggest this, then by all means we'll we'll do that. But um, the first one is uh, have fun. Uh, try not you know try not to get mad at yourself. If you make a bad shot. just just have fun with it. That's one. Number two, remember the kiss principle. Keep it simple, and don't overthink things. It's so easy with so all, all, all the information that's out there today. It's easy for someone to get confused in a hurry. OK, three, trust and rely on your own God given abilities. And not so much technology to shoot an arrow. Where you want it to go? Number four. This is a big one right here. Ask yourself why you want to shoot a trad bow. And what is the primary reason? Five, um, find an experienced traditional archer, or mentor, or coach. um, Ideally one that uh, has been doing what you want to do with the bow. You know, in other words, if you want to hunt with it, find somebody that hunts with it. You know, if you're into field archery, then you need somebody who they're going to teach you. A field archer is going to teach you to hold that bow straight up and down, vertical. Whereas a hunter. He's going to teach you probably to camp that bow. That, that would be the kind of person that you'd want for a, a coach or a mentor about 6. Um, uh, don't worry about having an unorthodox, unorthodox way of shooting. Um, you know if it works for you, that's all that matters. You know don't don't put yourself into a mold. Don't try to fit into a mold. What you know what works great for someone else. It may not work well for you. Uh, seven. Practice routinely. Even if you only have time to shoot one or two arrows, practice. And I should make that eight, nine, and ten. Practice eight, uh, you know, nine, ten. So practice, practice, practice. You guys know that. Um, and then the last one I have on here is in the beginning, try not to get overwhelmed with all the details of shooting a, a trad bow. Uh, there's so many different uh, different ways of doing it. Uh, and that again depends on what you want to do with the bow. Um, uh, and you know, going back to the having fun part of it, you don't you don't have to have a matching set of arrows. All of them are the same length, all of them weigh the same, you're all shooting the same point weight. You don't have to have all of that in the beginning to have fun, and you can still learn how to shoot a bow. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, I, man, I. I was lucky to have 3 or 4 arrows and one might be a solid one might not a solid but a a, um, uh, a fiberglass arrow hollow fiberglass arrow might be a wood most of them were wood arrows. You know, uh, just whatever I could get my hands on to shoot. None of them in the same length, none of them the same point, weight, anything like that. It was no, no. It didn't matter and I kill stuff with this stuff. Um, I've got a, a bucket full of arrows out here and that. Of all kinds of stuff. I mean, different spines, different weights, different material makeup, and uh, different fletchings the whole nine yards. And we get out there in the yard, I just pour all these arrows out, and we, you know, we're shooting a milk jug maybe 30 yards away. I said, just shoot these arrows, you know? And and you don't have to have them. And, you know, guys be hitting milk jugs with them at 30 yards, and they think, How, how's, how's this happening, you know? I'm, and I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. When it comes to hunting, I'm not saying you shouldn't uh, have a mat set of arrows, but don't let that be a factor in and uh, in just having fun with with your bow. If you're not having fun with it, you know, uh, what fun is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: you know, it's, it's not. It's not. Mad,
2: <laughs> aggravated at yourself because you made a bad shot don't do that just laugh at yourself and just keep on trying
1: it's good stuff yeah well i can definitely um i can definitely relate to the uh, keep it simple um i know uh even now i mean i'm august marks a year that i've been shooting traditional archery and uh i'm not great at tuning an arrow and i i bought a i bought a dozen arrows fletched them up you know i thought i was going to go out there in the yard and i try to tune to myself and i tell you i spent all day out there and i gotta find someone that can help me luckily i had matt and he's he's very good at it so i mean that that ties into having a mentor too so i mean those are those are very wise a very wise um pieces of knowledge to to help someone get into this because i can definitely relate to that being someone that is still very new to this so
2: Um, You know, there's one thing I want to give a plug uh, for a gentleman by the name of Matt Elders. I just um, a couple weeks ago saw just accidentally come across his YouTube channel. Uh, It's called um, Matt Elders' Wild Point of View on YouTube. But uh, the very first video I watched of his was uh, one that's titled A Few Rewarding Longbow Hunts that he's had. and in that video, within the first seven minutes of that video, uh, he gives a wonderful from the tree commentary. Uh, that man, it's just spot on for me. I, 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 it's just full of wisdom. And he talks to to about, and I'm not going to explain. It. I want I want people to go listen to it. But he, he talks about. Uh, Just for one just for one season, if you're a hunter, put put away the, put away your compound, pick up a simple longbow, whatever, and just spend that it, spend that time in the woods without without the others. Don't allow yourself to go back to the compound or fall back on one of one of your crutches or whatever. But he makes a, a profound statement in there. And he states that, uh, that that technology has made us extremely efficient. Killers, but extremely a poor, extremely poor hunters. Uh, I just thought that was a pretty profound. You know, we rely so much on cell cameras now, on all of this, and we've forgotten how to look for deer signs, You know, and reading the woods. And you know, um, thank gosh, you know, there's like guys like Robert Carter out there that he does these videos and shows. You know. How he hunts and uh, looks for sign, and he walks you through the woods. He shows you what he's seeing, and uh, those are amazing things. You know, you um, don't need all this all this technology. I'm telling you, and uh, not that technology is not good. It is, but um, we shouldn't rely on it. You know, again, get back to you know how did man even survive without it you, you got to ask yourself how did primitive man ex, you know survive and, and make it under extreme conditions with a
1: with a lifespan uh, average of maybe 35 or 40 years max you know yeah if you're <laughs> if you're lucky yeah if you're lucky want to thank you for for coming on and talking to us for for so long um, we wish you the best of luck throughout this hunting season um, and i hope you have many many more so well, thank you, gentlemen.
2: God bless you. I hope that uh, uh, you and Mike and Matt can um, come come see me one day.
1: Oh, we we certainly uh, will. That's absolutely. that's on that's on the agenda as soon as I can break away from uh, from my hometown. Everything settles down. You know, I'm gonna be up there, Mr. Al. I certainly yeah. will. Yeah.
2: Well, God bless you and your family with that little Jonathan. I hope he gets home soon.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. Dear season's right around the corner and I want to wish everybody um, a lot of success and most importantly go out there and have a good time and be safe. Uh, we're all very privileged to hunt the way we do in the places that we do um, and I want to give some thanks to the Lord for that so um, I'll, I'll end this this podcast with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father thank you so much for all that you have done and continue to do Lord. Thank you for the wonderful group of guys that um, we are TBG. um thank you for the leaders. Thank you for the for for everything that um, you have you have given us thus far, Lord. I want to pray that we have a a safe twenty twenty two season that everybody gets in and out of the woods safely, Lord. I want to thank you for the harvest that you provide for us, Lord, and the opportunity to go and hunt this game, Lord. Um, I pray that we all can. Shoot straight and make ethical shots, Lord, and um, just bless everything that we go out and hunt and do. Bless everything that we do and say, Lord, and um, please be with each and every hunter that goes into the woods this year, Lord. Um, I want to pray this all in your heavenly name, Father. Amen.